It's time for Ag and Conservation on the Air. I'm Scott Schultz, and I'm here today with Ryan Peasley, the area DNR forester. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. You had all filled up over Thanksgiving and everything. Oh, too much turkey as always, yep. Yep, that's a good thing. And, you know, you'll start looking forward to the next holiday, which would be probably like Christmas and that. And, boy, they use a lot of Christmas trees this time of year, it seems. Yeah, Christmas tree industry is a big industry here in Wisconsin, um, and I kind of chose the topic of Christmas trees we can discuss here today, and I guess what I want to do is give a little brief history of the, the timeline of Christmas trees in America, if you will. Right. Um, so I guess Christmas trees, if you look into the history, it, it gets a little convoluted, but it started mm-hmm. out the first recorded one, uh, decorated tree, I should say, was in Latvia in 1510. Wow. And then the first written reference to Christmas trees was in Germany in 1531, so it kind of spread along the Baltic coast there. Yeah, Otanabam. Yep, yep. And <laughs> if you're familiar with German culture, you know that was a big deal over there uh, for yeah. a long time. Um, and then the traditional um, decorations, if you will, was kind of like sweets and edible goods, and mm-hmm. then uh, lighted candles. And so it kind of stayed that way for about 200 years. Yeah, and how many, wonder how many of those burned with the candles burning on the trees. Yeah, you'd think that'd be a pretty good fire hazard because yeah. I'm sure they aren't hauling in fresh water for the trees all the time. So, yeah. so probably anyhow. a little bit dicey. Um, so kind of tying it in with America here, um, with the German immigration in the 1800s, it kind of became more and more popular in the, in the mid-1800s. Um, in fact, the first Christmas tree in the White House was as early as 1856. So it kind of started to take hold in popular culture then. About that time, between the 1850s, 1890s, you'd see the decorations kind of switching from the edible goods and, you know, popcorn, things like that, and uh, the, the blown glass industry and, you know, the decorations that we kind of associate with it today started to become more and more popular. And, uh, in fact, uh, I believe it was a $25 million industry back in 1890, which in today's dollars wow. is pretty significant. Yeah. Um, and then you started to see... You know, those candles we were talking about, those started to phase out. I mm-hmm. guess enough houses burned down, they got sick of that. Um, so Thomas Edison's assistant, he actually came up with the idea of electric lights as early as 1882. And uh, they were mass-produced as early as 1890, um, but they were pretty expensive when it first started out. Yeah. Uh, for one tree's worth of lights, that was 300 bucks, which is over $2,000 in today's money. Wow. So it wasn't quite for, for every man at that point. But moving on with the lights, um, I thought an interesting fact was the most Christmas tree lights on one tree at any one time was 194,000, and that was in Belgium in 2010. So if you can imagine paying that electrical bill. <laughs> well, I'm going to go home and count mine. <laughs> going to give them a little competition, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, a little more about Christmas tree past. Um, it hasn't always been evergreens. Um, depending on where you were in the world, it could have been a cherry tree, a hawthorn tree, and in the Philippines, they even have record of using mango trees. So they're a little bit different flavors across the world, but um, it is kind of worldwide now. Yeah. It, you know, a lot of them are growing here, though, right? Uh, oh, yeah. We're growing, growing all sorts of them. Um, little facts about the growing of the trees. Um, for your average Christmas tree, about seven or eight feet tall, um, takes about between seven to 14 years to grow that tree, depending on what part of the country it's coming from. Um, so if you think about that, that's a farmer has a little bit of time invested in your Christmas celebration. Yep. Um, and nationwide, we expect about 26 to 27 million trees to be sold this year. Wow. Um, most popular species that we're going to sell are that are sold across the state and across the country. Um, Scotch pine, Doug fir, 
balsam fir. Um, you got your white pine, white spruce, noble fir. Um, obviously, we kind of moved into the, the conifers and the mm-hmm. evergreens more and more with the American tradition at this point. You Do know, they grow about the same rate? Slightly different, but you, yeah, that's why it's a, the average is between 7 to 14 years because there are right. slight differences in the growth yeah. rates between the species. Um, so I'm going to try and tie this in with the Wisconsin industry for everybody now. Um, Wisconsin has over 860 tr- Christmas tree farms now and over 23,000 acres planted in these Christmas tree farms. Mm-hmm. And that number kind of fluctuates a little bit every year with enrollments and people coming in and out of the programs. I know it took a pretty big dip in the recession back in the late 2000s and about 2010, but we're holding pretty steady around that right now. Um, Wisconsin as a state, we produced 650,000 Christmas trees in 2014, um, and that's top five nationwide. Um, other states that you see a lot of Christmas trees coming out of, uh, you got Michigan, North Carolina, Washington, kind of states that you might expect. I mean, yeah. So we're, we're right up there. And then also, if you're familiar with the wreath industry, I know we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but um, the Glidden area, northern Wisconsin, um, pretty active with the balsam boughs and producing uh, Christmas wreaths. And we produced over 600,000 of those last year as well, or excuse me, in 2014. Ah. So with all this together, um, you can see Christmas trees are kind of an important industry for Wisconsin. Um, it produced over $16 million in sales in 2012. And nationwide, there's over 1 million acres in Christmas tree farms and over 15,000 of these Christmas tree farms. Wow. Um, an interesting fact, I think, is uh, over 100,000 people are engaged in the Christmas tree industry, either seasonally mm-hmm. or full-time. So, so a lot of people have got their jobs tied in with this. Now, I know a lot of folks have probably purchased their Christmas trees by now. I even did, and <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't usually get ahead of things like that. But what's the best time for a tree to be put into a house? Uh, you know, we all think that if we go out and fresh cut that tree, that that's the best time. But somebody told me one time, and I'm uh, getting your confirmation, yay or nay, on this, that it's actually better if that tree was cut a little bit earlier after the uh, the freeze. What, yeah, so you want to you want to have it, I'd say about four days to a week afterwards. But kind of the important thing to remember when, if you're going to do it that way is to make a fresh cut on that bottom. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's going to be your, uh, you're not going to get the water flow up in there. Right. So it, you take that tree that's been sitting there for about four days or a week, and then you make that fresh cut, and you put it in water right away because it's going to soak up that water for that first week. You're, right. you're talking about a quart of water a day moving through that tree. Yeah, it's and, incredible how much they take. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of a tough task to keep on when you first get it in there. Yeah. And then it'll slow down after that first week. But that first week's most important. You don't want your tree to be drying out and starting to drop needles when it's still mid-December. <laughs> right. Charlie Brown likes that. <laughs> one, one thing I was thinking about as you were talking about the importance of the industry, there's the dollars and cents of it, but there's probably some benefits out on the land. I'm wondering with the early growth trees, is there a benefit uh, sequestering some extra carbon uh, and holding the land steady? Yeah, you beat me to my next point. Um, I was going to talk about that. Uh, so Christmas tree farms are a good sustainable resource. Um, you got wildlife habitat out there. You know, if you're familiar with Christmas tree farms, you know deer love to bed out there. 
Um, birds love the cover. Well, deer like to eat out there too. Oh, they sure do. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, then you start thinking about carbon sequestration and things like that. And it, it's as beneficial all around because you're constantly fixing that carbon. And then you cut those trees and every tree for every tree that's cut for a Christmas tree, they're going to be planting two to three more that next year. So it's a big cycle and it's st- sustainable and good for the environment. And the smallest and youngest trees are the ones that really suck the carbon in. Oh, yeah. The, the growth rates in those trees is really high. So, yep, you're going to see pretty good growth rates and they're taking that carbon in quicker than you can imagine. That's a good thing. Yep. Yep. And then... Another interesting fact for every acre of Christmas tree farms, that produces enough oxygen for 18 people a year. So you kind of start to think about numbers like that nationwide and globally, and you can kind of see the importance of having those green forests out there. Yeah. What do we do with our trees after we're done? Do we have a big bonfire out there? What do we do? Well, there are many different Christmas tree recycling programs, and I encourage people to to use those. Um, I know a lot of people can use I mean, Christmas trees can be used in multiple ways. You can use it to kind of shore up, like, um, aquatic habitat. I know mm-hmm. some people make fish cribs out of them. Um, I've been involved with that in the past. Um, but on a note on that, you have to have a permit to do a fish crib. <laughs> right. So I would be amiss if I didn't mention that. Um, but, yeah, um, but I prefer a little bonfire myself as long as you do it properly. Uh, if there's yep. snow cover, you're good to go. Yep. And uh, what I do with mine is settle out beside the house and it's uh, another good little habitat for the winter birds yep exactly great cover um i know birds love to get down in there and stay safe for the winter time and i remember to take it out back about in june (laughs) (laughs) um one more thing i wanted to mention here quick um you can harvest uh christmas trees fresh cut fresh cut trees off of many state forests um if you want you can fill out a forest products permit form and uh, visit the forest headquarters. Um, prices might vary a little bit, but it can be as low as $5 a tree, which if you visit some of the lots, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's kind of a, a deal and it's an experience for the family. Yep. Um, county forests and national forests also allow for that. So contact their headquarters or district office for more information on the specifics of that. But I remember going out and cutting trees when I was young with my family and it's, it's kind of a neat experience, I think. Yeah, cold toes and all. Yeah, cold toes, and then sometimes you end up with that Charlie Brown tree, but it's fun. It's fun. All right. Thanks a lot. Ryan Peasley here with us talking about Christmas trees. Thanks a lot for stopping in, Ryan. Yep, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you.